The scripture reading this morning comes from Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 15, and chapter 7, verses 7 through 12. Pray in this way. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us to the time of trial, but rescue us from the evil one. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Ask, and it will be given to you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who searches finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for bread, would give a stone? Or if the child asks for a fish, would give a snake? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? In everything, do to others as you would have them do to you. For this is the law and the prophets. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. In the process of writing a sermon almost every week, you sort of get into a pattern and you get to a certain place in the middle of the week where you feel like you're, you're getting close to what you want to say and then you get sort of a, a speed bump or you kind of get to the point where you just need some more in, uh, inspiration and so you do what a lot of people do, you just Google for inspiration. And so I, I was looking up um, you know, the kind of prayers that people pray. And I found a website that had these handwritten prayers of third graders to God. And there were prayers asking for God to change the taste of asparagus because it's gross. Or, uh, you know, asking God to get rid of homework forever. Um, but two really stood out to me. And one was a prayer from a, a, a brother. And he said to God, Dear God, thank you for my brother, but I asked for a puppy. <laughs> and the second one was, Dear God, I saw two people kissing in church at a wedding. It was gross. I bet you're upset. <laughs> now, I want to look at those two prayers real quick because I do think that what our scripture is focusing on is prayer but about why prayer is linked to the character of God. So let's, let's think about this because sometimes in our own prayers, no matter if we're in third grade or we are well beyond the third grade, sometimes our prayer, the way we talk to God reveals who we imagine God to be. So think about this child who wanted a puppy and was punished with a little baby brother, right? This, this child imagines that God's job is to give him what? What he asked for, right? God is supposed to give me what I ask for, not to give me something I don't want, right? 
Here's another way of looking at the other prayer about how two people were doing something that that child thought was wrong, which is just the normal thing at the end of a wedding. The husband and wife kiss and they walk out, right? But he felt like that was inappropriate. And he, he felt like they had broken some sort of important rule in church. And he, what did he want? He wanted God to do something about it, to, in a sense, punish them, I guess. Like, this was wrong. This was horrible. God should do something about this. And, and if you think about that, that's this image of God as someone who's the rule maker, who's going to punish people who break the rules. And if you think about how children start out and they think about authority figures, they think about authority figures who are either the people that give them what they want or need or people who put them in time out when they break a rule, right? Authority figures are often the ones that give us what we need and also hold us accountable. Think about this. We have images of God one image of God that I read this week is from Tim Mackey, and he calls the, the God who gives us what, whatever we ask for as the blank check God, right? God has a blank check written out to us, no amount of money, no amount of what it is that we want, and we just have to ask, and then God fills in the blank and gives it to us. That's the blank check. Another way of thinking about it is the genie in the bottle, Right? If I rub the lamp, I get three wishes, and you can't wish for more wishes. That is breaking the rules. God is the genie in the bottle, or God is the blank check giver. And if I just pray the right way, or if I ask the right thing, I will get whatever I want, even if it's not good for me. This is not the kind of God that Jesus talks about in the Sermon on the Mount. Even though he says, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. And yet Jesus is not saying that God will give us whatever we want. Sometimes we don't get the things we ask for. And there's probably a reason for that. Sometimes we don't get the answer we're looking for. And that's just because the way the world works. And we've got to understand that the character of God is not wrapped up in whether or not we get what we want. Sometimes this can be just when we want something really bad and it doesn't happen for us. Or sometimes it can feel like God didn't listen or that God doesn't care. I had a friend once in high school. He was someone that went to church, but he wasn't always very active. His grandfather was gravely ill and lived out of state. And so he was going with his family to go see his grandfather before he passed away. And he prayed before they got onto the airplane, God, please keep my grandfather alive so I can see him one last time. When the plane landed, they found out the bad news that his grandfather had already passed. And from that moment on, he felt like God didn't care. Now, hopefully he's changed his heart since then. But I know how difficult it is when we think of God as this sort of God who will give us whatever we want if we ask politely, if we ask nicely. But God doesn't seem to be someone who automatically does exactly what we want. And there's a reason for that. And it's connected to the character of this God. Some of us know that sometimes the things we ask for later in life we realize were the wrong things for us. And it's not just because Garth Brooks told us about it in unanswered prayers, right? It's that we don't always see with the right 
mindset when we're younger. And it really isn't about age. It's about perspective, isn't it? We don't see the full picture. And we ask for things that we really don't need, but we want. And yet later in life, we look back and realize we didn't really understand the full picture. If you think about the other prayer, about God sort of punishing or holding people in line, we think about this in terms of the God of punishment. Sometimes people think about as the Old Testament God, right? Which is not really consistent. But the idea is if you put one toe out of line, this God will see it and will do something about it. Uh, One author, Jarrett Stevens, calls this the traffic cop God, right? And it makes me think about when you're going down 280 to the lake or, or Auburn, there's always that, that police car with the dummy inside, the mannequin inside, right? And it, every time I slow down a little bit, I'm not really speeding, but I slow down a little bit, right? Even though I know it's fake, right? But all of us do this. We, we sort of see the traffic cop and we, we, everything's fine and normal, right? Some people have their phones and they throw them down in the seat next to them very quickly, right? And and God doesn't want us to do bad things. God doesn't want bad things, right? But it's not that God is waiting to throw a lightning bolt at us whenever we get it wrong. So what does Jesus say about God and how do we understand how prayer can be linked to God's character? So Jesus says, ask and you shall receive. This is, we're starting with the second reading from chapter 7 first. Ask and you shall receive Seek or search and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. And that continues with those same words sort of restated. But then Jesus doesn't say, so there you go, whatever you want you get. He says, what adult, what parent among you, if a child comes to you and asks for bread, you give them a stone? None of us would do that, hopefully. Maybe it's a joke. You give them a stone real quick, but then you give them bread, right? But none of us would actually do that. Now, there are some adults and some parents that are not upstanding and good and healthy. and They may not be the people that they should be. But most, a vast majority of people would not do that. And we're not perfect, are we? We're not even close to perfect. And if we would not do that to a child asking for bread, then Jesus says, how much more would God give good things to those who come to him? And he does the same thing with the fish and the snake. No one would do that. And if we're not perfect, think about God. God is ready to give good things. God is generous. God is attentive. God is listening. And God wants to give these things to us. But God is also not going to be giving us bad things. God is not going to punish us or to sort of, in a way, teach us a lesson by giving us stone, stones or snakes. That's not who God is either. And so Jesus seems to say that God is a God who is eager to give good things to us, but won't give us bad things. But all we have to do is ask. So there's this understanding that God is ready and waiting. God is ready to to interact with us, to have a relationship with us. And if we just ask, if we seek to trust in God, he is just ready 
to respond and give us blessings. Again, from life experience we know not everything we want is something we need. And we'll go back to this in the Lord's Prayer as we go back to Matthew 6. But not everything we want is good for us. How many adults would give anything and everything to a child who asked for it? We know the recipe for a spoiled child, and that is the recipe, right? We don't give everything that they ask for because not everything they ask for is good for them. And if God is better than us because we're not even close to perfect then God is not going to give bad things or too much to us because God wants us to what? Be salt and light and to shine the light of God in the world. So God gives us the things that we need, the things that we have to have, the things that are good for us that transform us into the right kind of people. And all we have to do is ask. So God is not asking us to do anything to receive that. God is simply saying, I want to be in a relationship with you. This ties to one of the other images of God that Jarrett Stevens in his book says is bad, and that's the talent show judge. How many of us think that we have to do something right in order to have God listen to our prayers, that we've got to pray the right way or so many times we have to achieve something. We have to become holy in some way. I mean, think about it. If you start realizing your life is falling apart and you want God to answer your prayer, what do you do? You come to church the next Sunday. And this is from a preacher. That's not what God wants. God wants you to be in church, but he's not saying, I'm not going to listen to you unless you come to church. That's not the God that Jesus is describing, is it? He says, everyone, anyone, ask and you shall receive. Be in relationship with me and I'll respond. I will give you good things. You may not get everything, but you'll get what you need. We don't have to become a certain level of religious or pious in order to get God to listen to us. In fact, Jesus tells us in chapter 6 that God knows what's on our hearts even before we ask. And this doesn't mean we shouldn't pray because Jesus says ask, seek, knock, right? He's inviting us to continue to develop a prayer life. So I think this goes back to what we are studying in Matthew's Sermon on the Mount. We go back to chapter 6 and the Lord's Prayer, a prayer that is just so perfectly crafted to help us understand the character of God. So first of all, Jesus is reminding us that we're not supposed to pray loudly to to impress other people because it's not about being seen or noticed as being religious. That's from chapter 6 as well. Or we're not supposed to babble on with big words to try to make it sound like we are somehow in the right words or phrases to get God to listen to us. In fact, Jesus says, let's keep it simple. Pray like this. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name, thy name. So first of all, that name Father is very, very familiar. We might think of Father as being sort of passe, sort of out of date. That's what people said about their parents in the 50s, right? Father and mother, right? We don't do that. We say dad, mom, right? In In a sense, we talk to God in that sort of familiar way. Father, God, Dad, your name is holy. 
hallowed be thy name. That word hallowed, you heard from our children's moment, is about holy. Now, I can tie this all together if you just go with me on a little journey. What's the holiday that we celebrate on October 31st? Halloween. Hallow-een. Okay? That means hallow-eve. So, that is the day before the hallowed day. And the hallowed day is November 1st, which is All Saints Day, where we celebrate the saints who have lived before us and who go on into heaven. So Halloween is the day before, the day before the holy day, hallowed. Now, it goes a long way to get to Frankenstein and devils and all that, but that's where it comes from. Hallowed be thy name. Holy is your name. Okay, so very first, we're talking about the character of God. He's a father who cares about us. His name is holy. He listens. He listens. And it continues because God is compassionate and kind and generous and is eager to give us good things. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us today what we need. Not just bread, but we need life and light and hope and love and food and shelter. Give us this day what we need. And, and don't give it to us for the rest of time. Give us today because we're trying to build a relationship of trust with you. Just give us today what we need. Tomorrow we'll say it again. Give us this day what we need. Give us this day what we need because God is somebody who's going to be there for us each and every day. We're developing trust. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins because we're all going to mess up and God is eager to forgive us and he wants us to forgive others and pass it on. Do you see where this is going? Save us from temptation. One child said it was uh, deliver us from email. No, it's deliver us from evil, right? Deliver us from evil. God is attentive and loving and generous and ready to give us good things. And we're asking for that in the Lord's prayer. Praying the Lord's prayer teaches us who God is and what God gives us. The more we pray the Lord's Prayer, the more we understand who God is and we can take these ideas of the traffic stop cop or, or the blank check God or, or the talent show judge God and we can just throw those away because they don't make any sense in the Lord's Prayer because God is eager to listen and to give good things to us and we can hold on to that right image of God and it can change the way we pray, too. There's a, a, an actress who gained a lot of fame uh, in the TV show This Is Us. Uh, I think her name is Chrissy Metz. I believe she played a character named uh, Kate Pearson in the show, one of the adult children of the couple highlighted in This Is Us. She's also an actress in a 2019 movie called Breakthrough. It's a religious movie. And in her interview about her life and her career, she talked about the importance of God and faith. But she went on and talked about how important prayer is to her. And I thought it connected to what we're talking about today with the character of God and our prayer life. She said in this interview that every morning when she wakes up, before her feet touch the floor, she's still in bed at this point, she says that she prays to God and reminds herself how good God is and how grateful she should be. Her prayer every morning before her feet touch the ground is one of 
gratitude. And that makes me think about the Lord's Prayer in terms of how God is a good and generous God, right? Who's ready to give us good things. And she's reminding herself of this every day. But then she takes it a little farther and says that I should live with gratitude in my life. No matter of the ups and downs, you know, the times she gets cast, the times she doesn't get cast, whatever it may be, in the ups and downs of life that we all face, she still is grateful because her prayer life is the thing that helps her stay anchored to a good God who wants good things for us in the midst of the things we get and the things we don't get. The illnesses that come our way and the healings that come our way, no matter what. That gratefulness, that prayer life that remembers who God is and defines how she lives in this chaotic world makes all the difference. And the Lord's Prayer seems to be what Jesus is doing here. God has a unique and good character. He's a God who loves us and cares for us and desires to give us good things. Not bad things, but good things. And Jesus teaches us to ask and to seek and to knock and not give up. To see God as our Father who's in heaven and who listens and cares. Who's not indifferent, but is invested. So as we pray, whether you're the kind of person who prays silently or out loud, if you're the kind of person who prays in church, who recites the Lord's Prayer, or someone who's just starting out with prayer. No matter where you are on that journey of being a person who is in a relationship with God through that conversation we call prayer, remember that the character of God is so important. Before you even begin your prayer, try to imagine in your mind who God is. Imagine that God who is listening and eager to listen, who wants to give good things, who wants to enable you to live a life full of light and love. And then you'd start your prayer. And I think that Jesus is right. The more we do that, the more it will transform our image of God and our own life as well. Start with the character of God and allow it to shape your prayer and your life. And you will not believe the kind of difference it makes. Let us pray. Most holy and loving God, help us to cement an image of you in our hearts and in our minds as a loving and generous God who is eager to give good things to us. Help us to remember that you are our God and we are your people. There is a covenant between us. While we have a lot to live up to, you are the God who is in the journey with us and will never leave us or forsake us. Help us to give our trust, full trust to you. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.